everyone. Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils. And you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! Hey, everybody. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We are the funnest New Jersey Devil podcast in the world. We're the Uncle Puckers. Uh, Bobby is still out in Colorado, so we are myself, Chris, Dan, and Tony tonight. So, uh, what's up, boys? How's everybody doing? Pretty good. What's going on? Just fucking hot. Just waiting to cool down. It has been murder. I mean, I guess a few points during the summer you expect this weather, so we can't complain. It's the end of July, but man, is it hot. Yeah, it is. I'm ready for the break. I think maybe after some storms tonight, it might break a little bit. Yeah, it's supposed to, we should be getting some thunderstorms rolling through. Tomorrow's going to, supposed to be like 20, 25 degrees even cooler, so it should be. That'll be nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should be a day. I think I saw like 78, 79 tomorrow. It was like almost 100 today, so. Wasn't this like the hottest month of the on the planet ever? Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, it seems kind of disturbing. Like, it was like not, it was like the hottest, uh, like, week or something, right? Like, that, in yes. history the of most all dis- time? Like, what? The most dis- How does that work? The most disturbing thing that I've heard lately is the water temperature in Florida. It's over 100 degrees in the Atlantic Ocean down there. I've heard something even more disturbing from Florida. There was a news story, and, and Tony, I know you're our newsman, and, and Florida news especially, but... You might have had this on your radar, maybe not. A 38-year-old manatee is now passed away after being raped to death by his brother. So that's what happens down there in the aquariums in Florida. So he was raped by another manatee to death? Yeah, and I guess they know because they're like in some kind of aquarium uh, that it happened to be his brother. They, they did an autopsy. There was a, They said a 14-centimeter... Which I don't know. How many inches is that? I don't know. 14, 14 centimeters, centimeters is, isn't that like, uh, what is it, 10 centimeters to an inch, right? I don't know about that. I thought it was 2.5. So whatever it is, it's it, it was like a few inches or more uh, gash in his colon. 2.54 so, centimeters in an inch. Okay. So two right, and a half so, centimeters. Yeah, but I mean, the, his his bro poked a hole in his colon. Oh my goodness. what it came down to. And he died of sepsis. 38-year-old... Manatee. What was his I name? I immediately saw that. Yeah, yeah, you have a name. You know, I don't know. He probably. I'm sure he had a name because he was. But I don't. I didn't see that in the article. But I, I immediately sent it to both my brothers and I said, I might not have been the best brother in the world, but I'm <laughs> definitely not the worst. And uh, it's uh, yes, the manatee dies of injuries from sexual encounter with his brother at Florida Aquarium. Wow, only in yeah. fucking Florida, right? <laughs> Florida. Yeah, I was like, a manatee who died in a Florida. Who died in a Florida aquarium this year sustained fatal injuries caused by sex with his brother, Hugh. His name was Hugh. Oh, thirty-eight died unexpectedly April 29th at the Mott Marine Laboratory and Aquarium in Sarasota. Which this? Oh, week, this was some time ago. I mean, why is it in the news now? They just got the autopsy results back, maybe. Well, I think so because it says this week shed more light on the animal's passing, saying the injury was most likely the result of sex with his brother Buffett. What? Yes, cheeseburger in paradise. Yeah, seriously, um, Jimmy Buffett. Could you imagine just floating around? You're just floating around, and then you open your eyes, and your fucking brother is just standing over you, like now. And that's how you go. On the day of Hugh's fun. passing, Hugh and Buffett were engaged in natural yet increased mating behavior observed and documented in manatees, both in managed care and in the wild. 
This was the first time such heightened, heightened mating behavior was witnessed between the two manatees. A necropsy, ne- necropsy, ne- necropsy performed by, is that like an autopsy for an animal? Let's call it an autopsy. I yeah, think that's performed the by thing. the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission's Marine Mammal Pathobiological Lab found that the mm. fatal wound was a 14, exactly like you said, 14 and a half centimeter long tear in the ventral wall of his colon. Whoops. And there's a picture of Hugh. He was a little cutie. A little cutie, never asking for just a little, a little love. Cute. Just not 14 and a half centimeters of love. Poor little yeah, guy. Hey. So in an effort to redirect the manatee's attention and decrease undesirable behaviors, animal care staff used positive reinforcement tools such as high-value rewards and enrichment that has previously been successful, but it wasn't I mean, for did Hugh. they give them ecstasy or something why were these why were <laughs> yeah. these manatees so like you know amorous what's going on there and there's some horny animals did sex they ever think between... about introducing another manatee like a female well Maybe. it says that sex between male manatees even brothers is far from uncommon okay they're not yeah, too much judge they're not too meticulous about who their partners are like tony they just wow. have this kind of a sexual urge and then they'll engage in activity with whomever seems to be in the area if that's a female really? great that's Florida for you, you know? But That's it, like the motto, I think. Right. This one's well, the name one was you're with. DeSantis. But <laughs> if there are not enough females around, or there are only males around, they may express the sexual behavior in whatever individual may be in the vicinity. So oh, watch out. So this has Florida um, lawmakers probably up in arms, right? Like, this is, I mean, this is, this is gay sex, gay murder, basically. Like they, Dude, they, I'm sure they're going to be passing a law soon against male on male manatee sex. I'm going to bet it's Disney's fault. And they're going to come out with the law saying that you know the manatees in captivity. They really it wasn't as bad as you might think. You know they did get That's some true. some life skills out of being in, a, in an aquarium their whole life. There was an upside. There yeah. is an upside. Do you guys remember the guy? Is uh, he was having sex with a dolphin? Well, was, like well I thought it was a woman. A zoophile, zoof- a a I think they called him, or something like uh But he was a guy, hmm. Michael Brenner, was having a sex with a dolphin for like a year, and he said the dolphin seduced him, and he wrote a book about this, I believe. It was on the news last year. I mean, <laughs> dolphin seduced him? Fuck, yeah. Should have seen the way she was looking at me, that dolphin. Night of Flipper films. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> Flipper. Yeah. Just Lolita of dolphin porn. Start uh, out this with zoophile, whatever they call it. What's the biggest dolphin in the world? Come on, Tone. Uh, the Miami Dolphins? I don't know. Well, that's a good guess, but no, an actual dolphin. Dan? Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe some linebacker from the Dolphins. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, here's the truth. I can only think of one dolphin. It's called a dolphin. Are they, I didn't even know there's different kinds of dolphins. Killer whale is a, a dolphin. Okay, so we're considering uh, a killer whale a dolphin. Well, that it is. You know, it makes sense. It kind of. I didn't realize it. Yeah. I thought a dolphin was a dolphin. I got a question for you. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. this typical dolphin. I know, like they're all part of the dolphin family: porpoises, dolphins. Like you know, there's tons. What of about whales? Tubs, that, well, people call it a killer whale. I is think it not that a whale. It's a orca more of a dolphin than a whale? is just a the only. I don't know. Uh, I think a orca is the only whale that is a dolphin. So the you mean large, it's really a dolphin? That's what or I mean. Or you mean it's both a, a whale and a dolphin at the same time? I believe so. Unless a killer whale is just a dolphin. I don't know. I mean, it's just a really big there, black and white dolphin is what you're saying. There's 42 species of dolphins and 7 wow. species of porpoises. 
Hmm. I, I would have guessed there's one porpoise, one dolphin, and that's it. I had no idea. The orca is the largest dolphin. Oh. Hector's dolphin, and I, I guess some guy Hector has a dolphin, and Fran- nice. I mean, Francistana we- are two of the smallest. So, Are these like just one-offs? There's just some guy, Hector, with one dolphin? I think that's he gets actually his... the name of the dolphin, Hector's dolphin. There's more than one of them, though, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think there's probably at least two. I was afraid Hector just had like one dolphin, and somehow it gets categorized this way. I got a Chris, question. Chris, have you guys had any problems with sharks all over there, like over in your area? Like, I know this year was really rough. I think it's the weather, definitely, but sharks up the ass in Florida, man, and like just... I mean, I'm seeing these videos daily on like some of the Florida news stations... And it's like over the water, people are swimming. They don't even realize, and they're just getting passed up by sharks left and right now. It's I mean, it's pretty crazy. It has not been that bad, but I do remember like there was a great white in the area like a month or two ago. It was in the news. I forget who it was. They even had a name because they know like the it's got tag and stuff, and right, and they, and they can track it. But I haven't heard anything since uh, that, and I don't think it had any p- human encounters. And uh, Closest thing I could think of, well, Chris and I actually saw a, uh, a ray. I saw a ray down there, yeah, in the yeah. ocean a couple weeks you know, ago. Sting, just, I was really, I had some Irwin flashbacks. I was a little nervous. I'm right. Like, not going to get me the way you got Steve Irwin. Dan was like, uh, I'm going to get this 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 ray, and he jumped in the water. He's all wrestling it down, and, and the barb, you gorgeous. know, luckily he got, a, he got away with it. Yeah. But, yeah, he caught the ray. I have a question for you guys. Yes. Think about this. In a NFL game, right, a 60-minute NFL game, how long in actual time do you think the football itself is in play? Okay? Like in play, like not necessarily motion, but can be, you know, somebody can tackle, somebody's holding it. It's in play. In play. So whether yeah, it's, you. you know, snap, thrown, run, whatever, because a lot of right. that time is, you know, setting up and this and that and getting to the line of scrimmage and getting your playing. But how long in the 60 minutes of football do you think the ball is actually in play? Now, you mean like, wait, say that again, Tom? 73 minutes. It's a 60-minute game, ding dong. So that's 73. It's a 60-minute okay. oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of this game. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's going to be less than 60. It's, it's going to be less than 73. But, no, I have a question, though. I, I, I think, like, you mean, like, of 60 minutes of watching a football game? Well, a, a football game time, yes, it takes three hours, but the time is only 60 minutes of play in the game. Oh, okay, okay. During that play, how long is the ball in play? Actually in play. Well, geez, at first I would think all 60 minutes, but apparently that can't possibly be well, the answer. About you wouldn't it. bring you, it up if it was. If you run a play, right, and you get yeah. two or three yards, and then they have, yes. what, like 45 seconds to get to the line, uh, get, yeah, the, get the call the in. The time and then, that where it runs off the clock. Right. Between so, plays. All that time between plays. What is the uh, remainder after all that time right. between plays? That days? the ball is actually ball. in play. Damn. Um, you know, there's a running clock, but the ball's also in play. Yeah. That's tough, man. I would say maybe 20 minutes. On average, it's less than 10 minutes a game. Get the fuck out. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? The ball's only in play for 10 minutes out of a 60-minute football game. Yep. And that means even stretched over three hours of commercials. We're not talking about the commercials. No. We're talking about when that clock is running, really, the ball's not in play 50 of 60 minutes. Yeah. 
And if you just made a a, a tape of any football game and just snap to whenever the play ends and you'd put them all together, both both offenses, both teams, you would have about 10 minutes of actual footage. Let's just watch that. You know, because I think the game's too long. <laughs> well, that's how face. they do. You know, they do film and everything. They do all that. And when you sit down for tape, it's like that's all you just get play, play, play. So they cut it down to like you know, twenty minutes of, of film to watch one game, which is pretty cool. But so yeah, I that's, thought that that's was shockingly little. That's I mean, crazy. you compare that with with hockey, and it's different sport entirely. You know. Um, what is this? Yeah, I'm ready for. Uh, I am. I gotta admit, I'm ready for some football. Though I've been waiting for you know the wait for hockey's been crazy. I mean, it's Tony, so- you're in Europe. Do you follow any of the uh, American football in Europe league? I was watching a little bit of that on ESPN uh, on a treadmill the other day, and it was like, you know, oh, where are they playing? Germany, whatever it is. I don't know. Do they have any leagues near you? No, I don't follow any of it. No, it's not. It's not a big thing here. You know. Yeah. Um, it the place to be honest looked kind of empty. It was small and empty. You know, it's not going to have the draw of like soccer. That's for sure. I cannot the wait. Here's basketball. You know? Yeah, basketball's big over there. I cannot wait for sure. football season. I, all training camps are full bore now. Everybody's there. I cannot wait until a week from. Well, I guess Thursday night is the first game. Is the uh, first preseason game, and that'll be the Jets against the Browns in the Hall of Fame game. And then I think that following weekend we start getting next weekend we start getting some preseason games and then before we know it it'll be uh thursday night kansas city detroit so like man i'm like kind of excited but i really think it's gonna be a rough season and i think the the way that i'm a raider fan i think the way they're built is like either it's gonna fall totally apart or they're gonna surprise some people but it's gonna go one way or the other it's gonna be a total circus there um you know they've they've talked already you hear some of these Devontae adams rumors which is total bullshit they Devontae adams came out today and said it's totally they talk about him going to the jets i mean it's just been a stressful offseason and you know Jacobs I guess he got offered 12 million a year man and to be honest I mean you know I don't know like is that an unfair amount of money I mean was that true because I didn't hear that he was offered 12 million dollars yeah I heard it's true but I mean like I said I can't 100% confirm that but I've heard it from several different places and to me I like that's a decent amount of money well I mean the franchise that you most Running backs are not going to make that. If they're offered you that kind of money, then Jacob should take it. I mean, the the Raiders are they got to get him on the field. You know, you're just not going to be the same team with them. I think the Raiders are going to be the problem with the Raiders is their division. Um, they, seriously, I mean, maybe San Diego's tough. I mean, I mean, maybe they can jockey for third place in that division. You know, with Denver, I, I mean, Sean Payton is proving that he's still a complete and total scumbag. Did you hear what he did? No. Uh, I heard he like wrote ran his mouth about like mm-hmm. his players, oh, I right? Hear about this? Yes, yeah, so I heard about this this morning, but I didn't really read it. So I've always hated. I've always hated Sean Payton. Uh, you know, when he was coaching the the, the Saints and then Bounty Gate two thousand nine against the Vikings in the NFC Championship game, all that shit. So I never liked him. I think he's a piece of shit. He's a good coach, but I just think he's a jerk off. So. You know, last year the Broncos had a really bad year. They traded away their entire future for Russell Wilson. They paid the guy a ridiculous amount of money, and he just didn't perform. I think Russell Wilson's done, but whatever. Um, so they were asking him about Russell Wilson, and Peyton comes out, and, and now the old coach of the Broncos is now Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator in New York. New York. Um, that's uh, Nathaniel. Is it Nathaniel Hackett? I'm trying to think. Yeah, Nathaniel Hackett. 
So they asked him about Russell Wilson this year and stuff, and he just basically comes out saying the coaching staff here last year talking about Hackett and his squad, worst coaching staff ever in the history of uh, football, that these guys basically just ran them all down. Ran them all down, like, viciously. Like, he was being a fucking asshole. Like, two reporters, too, right? Yeah, two reporters. Wasn't just like, this was like a hot mic, he was overheard talking to another guy. He said this directly, knowingly, to reporters. On purpose, yes. Wow. Guys today, right, Chris? What? I think he apologized today for that. Yeah, I think so, but he's just an asshole. I don't like him, and I hope in week four or five, whenever the Jets play him, I hope they just go up there and kick the shit out of him. We gotta go up there this year, Minnesota. Um, but, you know, I think the Raiders' problem is going to be their division. I just think Kansas City and, and the Chargers are going to be too much. Uh, the AFC in general. I mean, you're going to have a lot of good teams in the AFC that are not going to make the playoffs this year. Um, uh, I'm going to give you my dark horse pick. Watch out for the Cleveland Browns. I'm telling you, really? they're going to be good. I would not be All surprised. Right. I think I just kind of discredit them in, ment- like, in my brain sometimes because it's like even when you get the hype, you know, they seem to – not yeah. pull through. So, well, look you know. at Denver last year. They had all the hype, and they were dog shit. Uh, you know, this year all the hype is with the Detroit Lions. I, I'm I'm not going to be sold on Detroit until they actually fucking do something. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see. But people are tuning in here to listen to some hockey talk. So, yeah, Tone, I think you got a you got a poll or something you want to talk about? Uh, I was just yeah, poll you wanted to stroke. <laughs> yeah, there was actually something I was reading which had one of our devils on it. So I kind of. I thought it was kind of interesting, actually. And I'm going to read it. From, I'm going to start from one uh, until the end. I'm actually going to start backwards because our guy is a little bit deeper into the, the poll. But it was actually a ranking the top <laughs> ten overrated players in the NHL. Top ten uh, overrated players in the overrated NHL. Overrated players, yeah. Okay. Now, Daily Dose, okay. Daily Dose Hockey, I believe now, came from. Now, just to – we do have Bobby, when he comes back, he will be do, giving us his five most over underrated uh, devils. Uh, that are on this team right now, uh, okay. so that that'll be a fun little thing that we're. This will pave the way for that. So yeah, we're yeah, talking about not just the Devils around the NHL, the ten most overrated, overrated. overrated. Okay, okay. All right, so I you're got starting some at my number one. Something. So this player is the most overrated. Yes. Wait, hang on. Uh, Let, let's try. Can we think about this for a second? Yeah, let's, definitely. Let's think definitely. about this. The most overrated player in the NHL. Ooh, there's a lot of overrated players in the NHL. Um. Uh, like I think now, the Prinkett is very overrated. Mm. I think uh, Chris this. is not going to agree with this one, so I'll I'll let you know, Chris. I think that you're going to be like, "What the fuck?" So this is going to be like that for you, the monkey. Mark Stone. I'm wondering what on that number one. It's not Mark Stone. No. Oh, okay. Because I, I mean, I, I'm a oh, big. No. Stone. I think I they're yeah. going to attack a couple superstars who haven't done it yet. You know, that's what I feel like this is yeah, going. Yeah, but, I mean, even if you can't put Connor McDavid on this list or Leon Dreisaitl. No, even it. Austin Matthews. Can you put him on that list? Overrated? No. I mean, I mean he could, you know, just... He take, hasn't done it, but, like, you know, I wouldn't put him there. 32 teams would take him in a heartbeat. Yes, so, absolutely. Okay, so who's the number one? Olmark. Olmark wow, is the okay. Okay, now, this is interesting. And this is part Who of the reason why... Six forty wins, but it's the Boston. They did have that crazy run, right? right Overall, right. one hundred and sixteen wins in his career, sixty-three losses. Uh, Speaking to your microphone, Tony. Uh, I, I got a new mic, Dan. By the way, I hope it's hope it's actually working. But uh, it, yeah, it goes in and out. Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah, it actually talking in and out a little bit. Um, so you know, I, that's their number. That would be number one on the list. 
Now, okay. now Linus Allmark, I mean, up until last year, has been decent, but has not been at all Vesna caliber. And, of course, this year he was. Now, part of the reason, because there was talk about both of those Boston goalies possibly being up for grabs, and, and that's why I always, I've, I've been leaning towards Swayman. I actually think sure. Swayman is the better goalie than Linus Allmark. So uh, I kind of get that, but it's hard to say that a guy is overrated when he just won the Vesna. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I yeah. I mean, look in the he deserved uh, it. Of, is what I'm saying. Like, right. And when the, the playoff collapse is always going to make a goalie look bad. You know, yeah. we understand that even with the Devils, we're questioning our goaltender because we did not advance past the second round. And you know, for Boston, when you don't advance past the first round. With all that firepower, this and that, the goal is going to take some of that blame. If you're going to say, hey, this guy is winning Vesnas or, you know, getting all these votes for Vesnas even, and, you know, led his team to a first-round exit, he's going to come off as a little overrated. I get that. You know, I would caution people to read too far into that. I mean, I, I get it. But number one? Okay, all right. Who's the number yeah, two? You, now, number one means the the most the overrated, most, Tony. Yeah, yeah. The overmost, wow. yeah, it's the most. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. And next uh, is a defenseman from Edmonton, uh, Evan Bouchard, who had uh, he had eight goals last year, thirty two assists. Um, but he was on there. He was list number two. Is he overrated uh, though? This is what this is what it says. This is what that uh, we had a defenseman that was way more overrated than him. Yeah. I would think Everyone Severson should be on. We no list. longer do. Yeah, Severson would be. Maybe he's the devil. My most list. He's not. Okay. Well, we, when you get to the devil one, we're going to guess it. So don't okay. give it to yeah. us right away. No so problem. number three. Number three is going to be uh, Kuznetsov from the Capitals. Okay. Right. So he's had a he had a rougher year, right? He was a little quieter. The Caps had a rougher year. Yeah, he had uh, forty. What was it? Fifty-five points last season, but he is on that. Um, and the next one is going to be a Ranger, um, Panarin. Is I was going to say him. Yeah. Wow. You know, Panarin was so uh, non-factor in the playoffs. I get that because he's so crazy talented, and at points during the regular season, what a scary weapon he was for the Rangers. But boy, did he get quiet in the playoffs? And I mean, he did nothing against the Devils. It's nothing. kind of been his mo his whole career is that he does disappear in the playoffs. Um, but last year, yeah. what did he have? No, he had no goals in the playoffs last season. No, I don't think he had any goals. I'd be surprised if he had more than a couple shots. He was so inconsequential. In you could series. put most of the Devils, the Rangers' top six on this overrated list from last year. I mean, you can throw wow. Patty Kane Very on true. there. You can throw, if you're talking about especially playoff performance. But you know, Panarin, I can see he, he's a high-profile dude. He plays in you know the biggest city, the biggest. Well, the biggest market in North in America, uh, and, uh, other than and he's in his prime too, right? So it is it's time to shine. If he's ever going to do it, well, it, actually, it should be he's, now. He's over thirty now, right? Yeah, it's been a while now. He's been there, I, think I guess. Panarin, yeah, I think, yeah, he's thirty-one now. So, yeah, so okay. so I mean, yeah, I mean, still, he still can you know play for another you know four or five years at a, a high. Right, but he he probably should have been through his prime by now. Should have had about it. That, that's it. points last year, too. I mean, he did have a, a decent regular season. It was obviously with 92, but um, he is on the list at number four. Um, number five is a St. Louis Blue, uh, Colton Perenko. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Four goals last year, 23 assists, 27 points. Uh, 
but he's uh, I think he's 30 years old now also, but he's on the list at number five. Now the, the, was he like a high draft pick? I don't really remember him too much. We don't see the Blues that often. Yeah, we don't see the Blues too. Now, often. if I was going to put a blue on there, I would absolutely put Bennington on there. I, I think that he is extremely overrated. And you know, I saw him in a in a poll on it, like a goalie specific, uh, you know, uh, page that as the goalie most likely to lose his mind and it and like go after the ref a la Cujo. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. showing a little clip and uh you know, everybody's just voting Bennington. You know, he's most like he's got the uh, hottest head in the NHL, that's for sure. He wins uh, that one. When the head coach when Baruby has to come out and basically tell you, just shut the fuck up and stop the puck. Like that's it. Like right. you don't have to go fighting everybody. You know, he's going on other players' benches and he's jawing at them and this and that. Like and if you look at Bennington's numbers since they've that's won the, the thing, cup. Right? What? Yeah. That's the thing. We look at his numbers. It's you kind of got to be quiet back there for a while when you're putting up numbers like that. Since he won the cup, those numbers have gone down every single year, and I I think that you know they signed him to a big money deal, and they still got a few years on him. I think Bennington is extremely overrated. But who's number six? Yep. Number six is a guy named Nick Suzuki, who's kind of yes. like a version kind of player. Uh, he had 26 goals last year, 40 assists for 66 points. You know, Canadian. Um, now he's on the. Now, Nick Suzuki, I don't know. It's tough to put him on this list, only because the Canadians have not been good. Well, who has looked good on that team? Right. I mean, I do expect a lot from Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield and those guys in the next couple of years. Even but, this year. I think they look much better this year going into this year than last year. I think they're going to be better. I just don't think that they're going to be able to, to get at it. I mean, the Atlantic is tough, and I do think that there's Yeah, going to I don't be, know if they're going to make the playoffs. I, I mean, don't see that. I think there's going to be big shifts in that division, especially in the Atlantic. I do see a right. world where the Boston Bruins don't make the playoffs and um, a team like Buffalo does. Uh, I do think right. that the, the Sabres are going to go. I think Ottawa is going to make the playoffs this year. And yeah. uh, so if I had to take right now two teams out and two teams that are going to be in in the Eastern Conference, I would say the Islanders and the Bruins might drop out. And I would maybe move Ottawa and Buffalo in, which I think would be awesome to have those yep. two good teams in the playoffs next year. If Montreal overperforms, they could be in the running for that as well. You know, at least maybe fighting with uh, the two, you know, that might not make it, who have made it last year, like, you know, Boston and uh, who else were we I saying? said the Islanders. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, they, they're likely to drop out. Or they it's very possible they could drop out of the playoff in contention this year. You know, I like Montreal. I always did. Um, you know, I, I think they're... Uh, we went up there. They were super awesome. You know, we talked about that and all. But, like, they got to do something, right, the Canadians? Like, this is, yes. like, a team that hasn't done shit in 30 years, and they still just go around puffing their chest up that they're the greatest hockey club in the history of the NHL. And it's kind of like... It is a shame. You really it's, haven't it's done tough. anything in 30 fucking years. I will tell you, if there's one Canadian team I wouldn't mind see, seeing, you know, come back to life and win a cup, it would be them. The rest That's of them, I, I could care less if they ever win another cup. If I had to pick a Canadian team to win the cup, I would go with Vancouver. I mean, I I, won't, I don't mind Vancouver doing well. It doesn't really bother me compared to maybe Toronto. but um, yeah. And I'm not even saying this is the most likely, right? because the most likely is probably Toronto. Probably. But uh, you know, at least on paper, if you take the curse out of the picture. Um, but, you know... Montreal, I, I just I feel for them. I wish they had a, a, a better 
thing going there. I don't know. I don't know what works against them so much. I don't know if it's I don't think it's the same media problem that Toronto has, where they're constantly going. You know, got to go get the stars today. No, don't I don't think do that. I don't so think they're run I, that way. Um, I really don't know what their problem is. Why they can't build a team? I know a lot of Canadian teams in general complain about the tax situation, and a lot of players don't want to play because I mean, the tax situation. They do have a good young core. I mean, we talked about Nick Suzuki and, and Cole Caulfield and stuff, and I think Marty St. Louis did a good job with those guys last year. So they're, they're, they're going to be fun to watch this year. I think we open up against them, don't we, or we play them relatively early. Um, I wouldn't I gotta check. I, wouldn't, I, I kind of always not never hated Ottawa. You know, even when I was younger, you had Yashin. Uh, I mean, they had some, obviously, some, Alfredson. some draft, uh, Yeah, Alfredson, and obviously the Dag thing didn't work out, or Reg Bonk, but... Uh, but I was definitely, uh, I definitely like Kachuk uh, actually on that team, and I, I know they signed Tarasenko right for yeah, they just one year, Tarasenko. another one year deal yesterday last night. I, I know that uh, they're going to get better definitely. But yeah. I, uh, I don't mind Ottawa. You know? And they got Corpusalo yeah. in net. Oh. I think that they could be a, a really good squad this year. Um, it's just I, like as a city, Ottawa is like like a lamer version than, uh, uh, than Washington. You know, it's their <laughs> capital city. Nothing really awesome happens there. It's like government only, and uh, th- as a logo, I I don't like that I know, logo. I know you don't. Yeah, like we went over this. <laughs> you want one that has Elizabeth Warren on the on the crest? That's the. I mean, logo. I don't know. Not I don't know if I'd go with that one, but <laughs> but um, like the Roman senator thing. Uh, it's like, come on, you're Canada. Yeah. Is that the best you can do? Like what do you, what does that have to do with you? Like absolutely nothing, you know. I remember that first or second year they were in the league. I think they had Sadorkowitz in that, and the guy played like ninety percent of the games. They were all losses, you know. It was just real. I think they only won. I don't want. I don't know. Maybe like ten or eleven games. I could be totally off, but it was a lot of games they lost. And then they had Ron Tugnut. They went through some rough years when they came back Ron into the Tugnut, NHL. Wow. You know, Tugnut. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate Ottawa. They've given us problems. I mean, you know, but. Yeah. Uh, you know. All right, who else is on this list? Next on Tell the us list the team first. Well, this guy is a guy that we've been linked to recently. Um, and I'll first start. He Last year he had 14 wins and 31 losses, uh, and he's an Anaheim Duck. Uh, yeah. It would be Gibson. Yeah. John Gibson is on the list. I'm not interested in John Gibson. And, I yes, he is overrated. I will say agree with that. Yeah, he's I, on I, the list. Don't like Gibson. Who else you next, got? Next guy... I'm a big fan. In general, as a person, I think you guys are going to probably feel the same way with this next guy, but he's another goaltender. Um, he's 38 years old now. He's been in the league for 19 years. He's won three cups, one of Vesna. Um, and that's Quick. Nope, Marc-Andre Fleury. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, i I, I, I got to say, I like everything about this guy. I've seen a lot of his off-ice stuff. He's just a likable dude. He's kind of – he kind of got the – kind of fucked in Vegas, some people felt like, at the end of, the, of that whole thing. Um you know, last year he had 24 wins, 16 losses. Uh, but I've always liked Flurry, so it's hard for me to picture him on that list. But he is on the list. You're muted, Dan. <laughs> That's what Dan thinks about that shit. <laughs> but you know what it was? Is like it, it started pouring over here, so I muted. I forgot I did that because it, it's like pouring like crazy. Right not, now. It's not raining here. It is by me. Wow, it's like, weird. We're, we're five like miles to away. To the point where it's other. loud. Yeah, I know. I hear it's it. coming up fast. Um, so. Yeah, Flurry's just like he's. I think he's the most fun goaltender of his type of his age. You know, he kind of picked up where Berdour left off. He loves to play, um, and he had like a little bit of hashik in him. I mean, mm-hmm. he had like this Gumby-like 
style. His his whole frame is very like lanky and flexible, and he was just a fun goaltender to watch. Had some of the best glove saves of the 2010s and and up, and and he looks great. Uh, I I know he's getting towards the end of his career, so throw him on an overrated list seems like a little shitty if you ask me. He's just probably in the last few years of his career, you know, and that's what it is. I don't think anybody's rating him as like. Who's rating him as a Vesna winner? But Nobody's also, saying that. You right got now. a guy who is a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, so overrated. He is a legit first ballot Hall of Famer. He's won cups. He's won Vesnas. And even now, he was fine. Okay, you guys want to go into the playoffs with, you know, the Gus Bus and Gustafson? I'm okay with that. I'll back him up at Minnesota. And he did. And he didn't fucking complain. And he didn't make a big deal about it. And he'll. Miguel gets decent starts. I think he'll probably have a decent year again this year. But no, he's not the same Mark Andre Fleury was ten years ago. But I gotta gotta go with Dan on that. I think that's kind of bullshit to put him on an overrated list. I mean, the I fucking agree. dude. You know, what else can you say about him? He's going in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Yeah, it's. I didn't agree with that one either. But it's like, I mean, when we were like talking about um, Lundqvist, you know, like I kind of said, hey, he's overrated. And you guys were like, look, dude, he is all famer. And you make a very good argument for this and that. But we can have that argument because he didn't win the big game. Right. What do you want from Flurry? Right. He's done it all. Exactly. He's done it all. More than once. Three exactly. rings. I mean, shit, you know. Yeah. Come on. Not many, how um, many goalies in the NHL right now have three Stanley Cup rings? Jonathan Quick, uh, Marc-Andre Flurry. I can't think of another one. Uh, either can I. Uh, Vasilevsky? Two. No, two. Right, Javi Bullen got the other one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah, amazing. Uh, you cannot put him on an overrated list. No, this is I, just... I, that's bullshit. No good. All right, who else is on this list? The next one is one of our own. Okay, so it this is, is a devil. devil. Yes. And oof. Do you want me to tell you how many years he's been with the team? Or uh, I might give it away. Actually. Uh, well, let's think for a second. Okay, I will just say I think that I know we already it established it's not Severson, but he was by far our most overrated. Uh, player in my mind, so uh, you know. I think I, I know, know who it is. What do you think, Chris? I, I well, I'm just going by like this, this list so far, and where my kind of head is. I can see them possibly putting Dougie Hamilton or Nico Heischer on this list. No, mm. yeah. I'm wrong. Okay, that's good. Neither of those two. Okay, they do like goaltenders on this list. Uh, uh, I mean, could it be Vanacek? Yeah. I, I think he flies under everybody's no, radar, though. Like, Vanacek. national media, nobody thinks about Vanacek. They just know the Devils need more goaltenders. All right, they don't Tone, really think about is it an offenseman or a defenseman? Offenseman. Jesper Brad. I'll say yes, and sir. Yes, sir. Jesper Brad yeah. is on the list. What does it say uh, about him? Just, it just said he's, you know, he's basically hit or miss, you know, because as, as we saw last year, he is kind of streaky, right? He, he, like, went through periods where he was putting up a lot of offensive numbers, then he fades, but... I don't know. I mean, it doesn't surprise me to see him on the list, to be honest. But I was kind of, I mean, I don't know. It's not too shocking. I mean, I would, I would actually, what Chris said, Dougie Hamilton, I could have saw on the list. And I really like Dougie Hamilton. But I can't, I mean, I always think that Marino doesn't get enough respect in that area. You know, I mean, I think Hamilton sometimes 
he definitely puts up points, and I, you know, I mean, I, I could see though that Jesper Brad is a little overrated. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fight that one. I'll fight the Mark Andre Flory one, but I'm not going to fight the Jesper Brad one. He has a lot to prove, and if he, he would have still shown, has a lot to prove, yeah. very, very good point. And if he shows well up, said. if he showed up in the playoffs last year, we wouldn't have this discussion. But you know, this exactly, season, yeah. this right. season, he's got to do more, and he's got to be more consistent. I mean, in you know what it is? He's got such a, uh, and you don't make this list unless you have such a high potential, right? Right. And he has a great high potential. Uh, last year, he's meeting his potential in the second round. I think the Devils advance, or right. they get really close to it. Really close. I mean, if all um, of our guys hit their potential in that second, right? Round. But him especially, like if, if one, if yeah. one guy with a great perform, if you could only, if you go back in time and say only one guy can I make have a great performance, it would be hard to say. Wow, my most impact would be. If I have Jesper Bratt played at his potential, you're right. Because it, it, you know he, he has that potential oh. to make uh, you know a big, huge difference in a series. So I hope it, hope he does. We're gonna do a whole bunch of um, stuff going. You know when the season gets closer to you know what we're expecting this season and stuff. But I do have a question for you guys, and you sure. can just answer it quickly. Who do you think is going to lead the Devils in points this year? Jack Hughes. Yeah, Jack Hughes. I don't think it's going to be Jack. No, huh? I think it's going to be Timo Meyer. Okay, I can see a world where that's possible because he scores different ways, and he's going to be playing with a very you know creative bunch of guys. He's got time to really you know get in there. It's very very possible. Yeah, uh, I, I can't say that's a bad pick. Still, Hughes almost scored a hundred points. Yeah, and, and he missed time too. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he doesn't miss that time. Four He's games. a hundred point guy, no doubt. Yeah, and exactly. Look, I mean, it, it, it's this team is going to live or die by what Jack Hughes does. Uh, he he's the catalyst for everything. So, um, who else is on? But this by list? saying like you think Meyer's going to score more, you're you're calling Meyer a hundred point guy, you know. Um, like almost necessarily when you think about it. Yeah, I, I can actually see a world where we have two dudes that get a hundred points, and it's Hughes and Meyer. I, I can I see a it. world where that happens. I just think that the oh, definitely the, the Devils. Like, does this worry you at all? Okay, so so we came out of the gate last year um, on fire, and I think we took. We've talked about this. You know, you took a lot of teams. You surprised a lot of teams. I don't think you sure. surprised a lot of teams with. I think the one thing that surprised a lot of these teams was the Devils' speed. I think a lot of teams, when they got in and they played the Devils first or even second, third times, it was how the hell can we manage their fucking speed? They're too fast, and a lot of teams can't skate with us. And they pop out, they have a historic season, and they go to the playoffs, they win around. Everything you could have wanted for a team finally kind of rebuild is over and we're finally all clicking. Are you guys worried at all at a setback this year? Or do you guys believe this team... Because I will say this. The, the, one pe- the, 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 the group of people that were not surprised by the Devils' play last year was the Devils. They were not surprised. They, I think that they were like the entire time, yeah, this is who we are. This is who we could have been last year if we weren't you know, hammered by injuries and all the other shit. But... They believe in themselves, and they prove that they can sustain this type of play all year through the spring and even win a series. But are you at all worried that there could be a setback this year? Because, listen, we talk about it all the time. The Devils never get any respect, and they never got any love, especially from the national media. That doesn't happen anymore. The Devils are a the darling pick for most people. 
Everybody loves the Devils. I think FanDuel had their over-under on points this year at 106. That's fucking nuts uh, to have us up that high. That's a lot of points. I'm just saying, do, are you guys worried at all that there could be a setback? Or do you think this I team is fucking this. primed and ready to go? I've thought about this, and I think me and Dan probably talked about this maybe two months ago on the show. Um, there is a possibility. Where what if we come out and we have a shitty season next year? Because, first of all, there's a lot of things that go into that. you got to worry about injuries. I mean, it's, well, let's take injuries away. Injuries could derail any team no matter what. So let's just say that we have a relatively healthy team. I don't know if, if we're – you know, the thing is is that – do I think we're going to score the same amount of? I think Bobby said that we're going to score more points this year than we did last year. He thought maybe. I don't think that. I'm not. I'm not sure that's going to happen. We could have I a do. worse record and be a better team. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that we're built almost too good to have a really bad, you know, season. And I think if we do have some big problems, it's going to be in net most likely. And I would hope, and I do think that it would be addressed pretty damn fast. But I think that we're built pretty damn good, man. It's if you look at that roster, if you look at those players, and Toffoli, I think is such a. This guy's a 30-goal scorer. You don't even think about him sometimes, what a big addition he is to this lineup now. And like you said, Meyer is, you know, Meyer is on our – he's a devil now for the next pack of years. Brat, we don't have a lot of background stories right now. Um, I feel like we're just built really well, and I can't picture us just totally sucking, you know. I mean, I, I have thought about that, though, because I almost would rather be a little bit more of the underdog than we are, like, because I keep on hearing everybody. I saw – NHL Network tonight, we were number five on the prospect pool even. I mean, people are talking about the Devils. Like, it's a, I mean, I haven't heard this kind of link to the Devils that people, the positivity in years, man. It's it's almost like I wish it would die down a little bit so they could just play hockey and, you know, the expectations are very high. I mean, Dan, yeah, how about I mean, you? I, if you take away in, uh, injuries, you know, uh, and we're – because, of course, like you said, that could derail – Everything, even just a key injury or two. Uh, but let's take that off the board for the sake of argument. You know, I think it's more likely than not that this team really can't go into a sustained slump. That they're going to be able to produce and he'll have a little bit of ebbs and flows, but like a real sustained slump. I don't even see them slumping the way they did last year after their streak. You know, the, the month of, uh, I think it was November, uh, was pretty rough. Uh, is that November or December now? December. It's fading away. December. Yeah, December. December was rough for they the Devils. They won like six, seven games the whole month. Yeah, it was rough. I don't even know if I see that kind of performance as a likelihood at all. That said, here's the thing. We've got some new players. Uh, in particular, our defense is very young. Um, our defense is very new and changed. We've got a lot of changeover and, you know, fewer key spots that make a difference. Um is there going to be a little bit of, you know, chemistry is going to take its own time to really formulate and and be the, you know. I don't think individual players are going to do poorly, but can they gel as a team that's going to be serious for the playoffs? That remains to be seen. Uh, do I see them, like, falling apart entirely? No. I, I mean, I would be so shocked if they're fighting to get into the playoffs at the end of the season. I just don't see that happening. I think they're going to be there. You know, are they going to be fighting for first again? I think it's very likely. Maybe not. Maybe they're going to be in a solid spot, but it's not first. You know, I'm very interested um, to see if we have more we'll spine see. this year. Are we going to have more? Are we going to be sticking up for our players more this year? Are we going to? Because this is going to be a thing, yeah. with them, guys. You know, I, have... I think the effort was made to get that personnel. Yes. So I definitely expect it. 
But you know, so much of that is the intangibles. You just you go by numbers and the guy's size alone. That doesn't really do anything for you. So I want to see this team develop that. That's a, a good point, especially for their playoff success. Yeah. I think even without tough guys, they're they're going to be able to make the playoffs no problem. Playoffs. But playoff success, you know, that's going to demand that kind of grit. So you know, I I honestly I'm concerned about can the you know defense develop and not even just defense, the team defense. We need to you know improve. Some kind of team defense model when it's there. First half of the season, last season, our best defense was score more goals. And we just, you know, it was like that was the way to do it. But I don't think that's a winning playoff formula. I think when you need to clamp down and be that rock, this team has shown it can do it, but it hasn't done it consistently. Right. So now, that's going to be the difference. I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I do not think, and I heard him talking a little bit on XM, um, one of the shows uh, throughout the course of the week, they do this little bit where they basically they take every team in the NHL and they talk about one thing that's wrong with the team, no matter who it is. Right. So when it got to the Devils, I was listening, and it was basically like it, that the guy, I, I think it was, uh, I don't remember who the, uh, the radio guy was, but that... There is a very good chance they go into the sophomore slump and that maybe things aren't as, you know, going as smoothly and how does this team react. Now, I think that this team falling off a, a cliff, I, I just, I can't, there's no, I can't see how that can happen unless there are tons of injuries piled on. But like we said, for the sake of this exercise and discussion, injuries are not an issue. So I have, I think we could put our top nine up against any other team's top nine. And I think that we are, you know, we're there. Now, talking about team defense and having maybe these younger guys who are in or just new faces that are in and, and getting them into the system. I would be a little bit more worried about that if the Devils didn't play this type of style that they do play. I mean, the, you said it. The, it's not so much a team defensive style as much as it's we just don't give the other team the puck. It's that simple. Right. You know, we're not keeping pucks out of our net by being clamped down, you know, team defense and all that stuff. And we have to be sometimes. But that's not how we win, or at least it wasn't last season. It was just, if you don't have the puck, you can't score on us. So we're just right. going to keep it the whole fucking time. And it was Using our speed and, 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 right. and playing and, puck possession. And I think that that's going to become actually... I think that the Devils are actually going to be better this year. I'm not saying that they're going to have more points or anything. I'm just saying a better team. Like, you look at a lot of these teams yeah, in agree. the Eastern Conference that have a lot of hype around them. And, you know, the Rangers, um, I'll talk, you know, Pittsburgh, I'm not saying that they have a lot of hype around them, but they're still one of those teams that's there and, you know, constantly in on the bubble. Um, Islanders, uh, there's teams in this division, the Metro, and I'm looking and I'm like, they, they cannot skate with us. They're not right. going to be able to skate with us. So if you can get that team defense down, Dan, like you said, and that solid goaltending, I think this is going to be an extremely difficult team to beat. Um, one of my concerns is, and I, I know that I think Dan and I kind of lean a little bit more on, on this idea more so than Tone and Bob, because you guys absolutely love Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff still makes me fucking nervous. Um, yeah, I don't know which way he's going to go this year. Uh, I, I'm, I'm overall confident, but with Lindy, I mean, he's so hard to predict. He doesn't have a, like a single now, philosophy. But is his mindset like... 
I want all my players to be able to play with everybody on this team. And that's why I always juggle the lines and I do this. I, like, is that his mind? It's a great it's a, question. Like, or, I always wanted to know why the juggling to the extent that you do. Nobody juggles the way Lindy does. Why? What is his theory behind this? juggles when there's success. You know, that's the thing yes. that gets me. Like, is it just I want to be able to... No matter what the situation is on the ice, whether we're on a power play or, you know, we're in a penalty kill for five minutes or something, I want whoever is on this bench to be able to play with whoever else is out there. Now, if that's the mindset and that's why he juggles these lines, I don't necessarily agree with it, but at least it's a fucking reason uh, other than just he's OCD. But, like, I just really hope this year that he just calms the hell down a little bit when it comes to this. Let, yeah, I mean, he is far more likely to six. juggle the line if if they're a little quiet, but he will do it, like you said, even if they're having pretty decent yeah, success. Like, just let the top six Whoa. gel a little bit. Let's get some line set. Let people know that when Hughes is out there, Brat and Meyer are out there, and you're going to have to deal with all three of them. I, I just feel like Lindy and his little craziness when it comes to that does make me nervous. That's the only other thing. We all know I got no problem... And I guess until it's after this year, I'm totally on Team Lindy, but I get it. Um, uh, yeah, so you guys want to hear the last guy on this list? Yeah. None of us team. are going to the team and first. This is the thing about these. I will say this about these polls. I'm not a big poll guy or this kind of shit, but it's the awesome. That's not what I heard. Sure. Fucking he Give us a fucking break. <laughs> Love it. But uh, Give us the guy, team first. Maple Leafs. Ooh. Everyone? Um, so is it the entire guy, Maple Leaf team? Because it should be. This guy has 99 goals in his career. Austin Matthews. Three assists and 542 points. Austin Matthews, seven years, 25 years old. Kind of joking, like, you can't really put a guy like that on a list like this. I mean, if the list is, like, guys who should have won more in their career to date, yeah, I get that. He, He deserves to be on that list. And there's a whole bunch of reasons he hasn't, but really none of them is his play. Yeah, is like, he really I, that? Is he the problem here? I don't know. No, and that's what I don't get. If you're going to put Austin Matthews on the list, what, are you going to put Connor McDavid on the list? I, I think they have to be on that same list. Right. If this is where you're going with one, you're going to have to treat the other that way. They're both the most essential and talented and, guy on their team. Well, what other, I'm sure any team can take them, you know. I well, Matthew Kachuk, he hasn't won a cup yet, so he's overrated. Um, yeah. Jack so Hughes, put Jack Hughes on there. Anybody who can score 100 points or at one point in their time in their career scored 60 fucking goals like Austin Matthews has in the fucking NHL. You know, I mean, like, is that overrated? Yeah. Like, you... No, Toronto as an organization is overrated sure. because they don't know what the hell they're doing. I actually uh, thought this was the worst not... one. I thought this was the worst ones. Even like, yeah. you know, Larry, I, I'm like, what the fuck is that? But then again, I'm saying, okay, maybe they're talking about uh, the respect level for Flurry in 2023. I don't know. But I yeah. mean... But this one is the one that just kind of kind of discredits a lot of it for me. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think he's kind of reaching on there. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, before we get into something else, I do want to give a shout out to Washington Commander fans throughout the world. Any crossing of Washington Commander fans to the Uncle Pucker Devil podcast, I just have to say that now that you're owned by Josh Harris, who owns the Devils, just a little message to Washington. Commander fans who have been through hell with Now, Dan what is this? Schneider. Pickleball? What? what is this? Football. Oh, the Commanders the, is the, the new old, team for the, the Washington Redskins. football yeah. team. Right. The so, Skins. So, Chris, Josh, I don't know if you remember this, but I have a tie to this all. My father, I, I don't, my dad worked for John, Jack Hancock. 
He worked for the Skins back in the day. He was okay. an assistant for many years. Very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I actually remember when it, when that team came to Tampa, when Washington, when they had uh, was it Trent Green as the quarterback. Sure. Um, my dad, I was a guest of the team, got to meet all the players, all, you know, the whole of the Redskin team. But, yeah, he worked for them for a few years, actually. Now, That's cool. Dan Schneider was by far the worst fucking owner in any sport ever. Oh, I mean, yeah. the man was a scumbag, and it's the NFL is so much better off now that he's gone. But this franchise has been through hell as far as ownership goes for the last 20 years. So two Commander fans whose name is going to be changed at some point again, but who knows what it is. Is that a foregone thing? Josh Harris has said that he does plan on changing the name again. I'm in favor of that because I'm not digging the Commanders. Me neither. Now, to the Redskin faithful or Commander faithful, you finally have an owner that gives a shit. This guy is a good owner. He's going to put the right people in place. He's going to give you guys a chance to actually compete for a, a Lombardi. I have to say that I don't know if the Redskins could have been any better off with whoever else was out there. I saw a couple of these people that were interested in buying it, but Josh Harris getting that, I, I'm, I feel like I just got to tell Commander fans that you know we were in hell for a decade. All right, and then now that he he has put the right people in place, and we are now seeing the, uh, you know the the dividends from all those moves. So I think commanders have a, fans have a lot to look forward to with with Josh Harris now owning it. That's Who all. Who else is involved with that now? Is it Magic Johnson's involved with that somehow? With, with the, that ownership, I don't think so. Yeah, with the commanders, I believe. Yeah, I have to Google He's that. He's gonna play. He's gonna come out of so. retirement from basketball and play. No, I believe he has some kind of tie to the uh, the ownership. I gotta check that though. It could be Vincent Parisi for Pucks and Pitchforks wrote an article. Um, it's any relation? I don't think so. Three insane trade packages for Connor Hollebuck. Ooh, okay. So he writes: the Devils were one of the best teams in the NHL last season. Of course, they are expected to be once again. One thing that has been a discussion this summer has been goaltending. The Devils used Vanacek, Blackwood, and Schmidt last year. Blackwood's now a shark. Vanacek and Schmidt remain. They're both great during the regular season. Schmidt was outstanding against the Rangers in the playoffs. However, Vanacek struggled in the playoffs, and Schmidt fell off against the Carolina Hurricanes. A lot of people wonder if they're going to make an upgrade. Popular name, Connor Hollebuck. Um... He's been assumed to be on the trade block, and if the Devils could add the elite goalie to the mix, they should do it right away. And he writes, here's trade one. The Devils get Connor Hollebuck, and the Winnipeg Jets get Alexander Holtz, Nolan Foote, and Vitek Vanacek. I think Bobby would cry, right, if that trade was made. I think Bobby would literally just... Like, first you he took likes Graves, and, and now foot. you're taking away Foot and Holtz. I don't think he can handle it. He, he, Bob's very big on both those guys, and yeah. I hope at least one of them come through for him because he's been on the Holtz train for a couple years now. Yeah, now he uh, writes and, here. And Foot, he's pretty excited about this. I, I, I really like Foot. Uh, I'm not so sure where I stand with Alex Holtz, but... Well, what do, you, what do you think? Do you do this trade? Well, let's see what he writes. He writes, The Devils have a lot of things they can offer to Winnipeg Jets in exchange for hollow bucks. An elite, elite goalie gives you a chance to win every night. The fact that the Devils can score tons of goals makes adding a goalie like that much more exciting. He would change everything for this team. Holtz is a very nice prospect that the Devils haven't found a way to get in the lineup yet. He might have a much easier time developing in the NHL with the Jets as opposed to the Devils. Nolan Foote's another prospect that is seen as a goal scorer with a great shot. He'd love to get a full-time NHL job. That may be possible in New, in New Jersey. 
Um, but it's even more likely in Winnipeg. And then he says Vanacek's also included in trade basically because, you know, you need to get rid of a goalie and make room for one. Do I do this trade? It kind of depends. Like, is this for – oh, it doesn't say, so I'm going to assume – I feel like this might be the closest to what I would do. What would you do? Well, I don't know if I would be okay with giving away Nolan Foote and Alex Holtz just to get Connor Hollebuck for this year. Like, if we were just renting Right, him, what are the terms? I would yeah. maybe... I would be okay with it, but losing foot would would bother me. I think that could be But if it was, day. like, a sign and trade for, like, five years, you might do it. And it was... Yeah. Then, what about you, Tom? What do you think of that one? I wouldn't do it, actually. Um, like you said, I think giving up foot I don't like. And plus, I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm not sold that Vanacek is not... You know, going to really step it up this year. I thought he had a great regular season yeah. last year, like everybody else did. And I'm but, not thinking that. I even picked him for my draft because I do have confidence in the guy. You know, well, let me I think... let me let me play devil's advocate real quick. Okay, this team is ready to pop and really make a play for the Stanley Cup, or at least that's what everybody who has a fucking brain seems to think. If we have a hundred and ten point season, win the Metropolitan Division. Go into the playoffs against, you know, a wild card team, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, I don't know, Ottawa, Bruins. And we make it, you know, six, seven games, get out of the first round. Second round, we got Rangers, Carolina, and we get bounced again. And part of it, if not a lot of it, is Vanacek. Just our goaltending isn't there. He falls apart again. Now we are back a year from now with basically a wasted season going, what are we going to do about goaltending? Now, I'm just asking you, are you willing to say, let's take a roll the dice with Vanacek one more year, and if shit blows up in the playoffs, then we'll worry about goaltending next year? Or do you get the guy that you know is going to be good for the playoffs for this team, in a guy like Hollabuck? I'm just asking. I still don't make the move. I, I just think... The thing is with Holtz, and I've not sold on Holtz either. Like we've, you know, I know Bobby's more of a Holtz guy, but I mean, who knows? I mean, this guy does have a lot of skill. His skating, I think, is probably his biggest problem. I just, you know, foot. I like foot too, so I just don't. I'm gonna say no. It's gonna, it's a hard no because I do, I do know what you're saying, and you know, and I'm hoping that Schmidt's gonna be the guy too. So I'm hoping that if Vanacek does have some issues, we got Schmidt to come up there and pull the. I, I don't, I don't like it. Um, but I pulled the trigger on that one. What about you, Dan? I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. The details could sway me either way. Um, the counterpoint to what you're saying about did we get somebody we know is the playoff goalie is I will tell you that I think Hellebuck probably is the one I would pick when all those things are equal, right? If I could just swap those two guys out today with no damage done to my team otherwise, I would do it. I'm not saying he's not... Uh, on paper, and so far, performance-wise, better than Vanacek. He is. But he's a far cry from the proven playoff savior. I, I, I mean, he has not really done that. And so, like, that, you know, that's... But he's we're playing, not. Are we talking about getting Vasilevsky a couple of years ago? No, we're not. You, it's the, it's kinda, different. But it's... I See, I, I know it's different, but at the same time, Connor Hollebuck has been finalist for Vesna pretty much every year playing on the Winnipeg Jets. This is not I think he's better. that great right, of a team. Better. This is a team that just squeaks into the playoffs and they're yeah, not but there's a long history deep. of you know 
goalies shining on bad teams. Ask Curtis Joseph right. about that. You know now, and so like that. You know the whole goal is, and I, your premise, I totally understand it. Is we don't want to get to the playoffs and go, damn it, we should have done something about goaltending. Right. I am with you one hundred percent. I get it. But before you make a move like that, uh, especially considering how there was more than just goaltending at fault last year, I would like to know that we are going for the guy who is the proven playoff thing. If I'm going to give up, you know, two hot prospects like that. That being said, like I said, I'm 50-50 on this, and I have a feeling of the other two deals that you got in that. This is probably the most palatable to me. I see Connor Hollebuck coming to the Devils the same way that Detroit saw. Dominic Hasek coming from Buffalo, and I really okay. believe that. And I can put they they're very very. That's a similar. nice. And that's that's a nice analogy because Hasek had not no, won anything no. to that point. So and just like Halibut has not won anything. And everybody well, said, "Well, you know, what are you giving up for the guy? He hasn't won yet. He's you know he flashes and he's great, but this you know can he win you the big game? And then once he got on a real team, like a fucking yeah. real team, they just won cups." And I hear I, you. I mean, that you make a very convincing argument there. I get it. You know, you that, might tip me over from that 50-50. Well, the first trade I would do, this one, I would have a little pause. So the Devils okay. get Connor Hollebuck. The Jets get Akira Schmid, K- Chase Stillman, and Lenny Hammondhan, who is our second-round pick that we got this year in the draft. Who, so from Schmidt's the, little the big bit, part of that. The little bit that I saw uh, on film of Hammondhan... It's that we've been saying it right. He's very, very Sergey Brelinish. He Ooh, reminds me a lot of Brelin. He's very serviceable, not the best skater, but he has you know good shot and he's a, a good tough. Like he'll do anything. He can play anywhere. I, I kind of liked him, but uh, this one I'm, I, I would walk away from the the second round pick. I would walk away from Chase Stillman. I'm not ready to walk away from Akira Schmidt. Now you put Vanacek and Stillman. And ham and hand on there, I maybe go with it, but I yeah. don't like Akira Schmidt because I do like Akira Schmidt, and I think Akira Schmidt is going to be a big part of this team for the future. So uh, that one, I, I say, uh, I, I would say no, but you could probably talk me into it if I really had to. But um, you know, what do you guys? Yeah, think? I, I go ahead, Tom. I wouldn't. No, I like Stillman actually. Also, I think he's another player who's going to be involved with our team. Um, I wouldn't do it. I don't want to get rid of Schmidt. Like I said, I I would not do that trade either. Dan, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like um, you know moving Schmidt. And here's the theory too. Not only do I think like Schmidt might have the bigger career ahead of him, but like you know, if you're saying the Devils had goaltending issues last year. The one with the fewest issues was Schmidt. Now it's kind of unfair because he also played far fewer games, but like you know, percentage-wise, his his game was, you know, looking better, and he's younger. So you don't like make a move where he's you're you still have a goaltending goaltending problem afterwards. Right. You know, you're going to have uh, a future goaltending problem. Halibut's not you know going to play forever. Now. Uh, that's true. That's why I think if you're going to move a goalie, you move Vanacek. Um, the third trade, the Devils get Connor Hollebuck, and the Jets get next season's 2024 first-round pick, a future fourth-round fourth round pick, Seamus Casey and Cam Squires. 
Now he writes, there's a great possibility that the Jets want draft selections to be included in the trade for Hollabuck. Nobody would question that. The Devils could include lower-ranked prospects and include the 24 first-round pick. Obviously, if they traded that for Hollabuck, they'd be hoping it becomes pick 32. Now, he doesn't write this, but I have to say something. I'm almost positive that next year's first, for our first round pick next year is a conditional pick that San Jose can get if we, Timo Meyer. If, if Timo Meyer does make it to the finals, I don't know what it is, but something come playoff time. If we meet that, that pick is gone. So this whole trade thing can, is kind of, you know, you really can't move that pick because it might not be ours. It might be the Sharks. No, no, you, um, you wouldn't be allowed to, to use that as a, as a chip. Now, now he says the Devils could include lower-ranked prospects and includes a 24 first-round pick. Obviously, if they traded that for Hollabuck, they'd be hoping it becomes pick 32. The fourth-round pick would be an added selection to push Winnipeg to make such a trade. Seamus Casey, very good young defenseman. He played last season with Luke Hughes at the University of Michigan. Clearly focused his game on uh, his game on his skill, while Luke Hughes worked on his two-way game. Uh, Casey will be doing what Luke did last year, so he's still in college this year. Cam Squires was drafted in the fourth round of last year's draft and made an impression at the prospect showcase a few weeks ago. It should be fun to see his development over the next few years. Uh, so basically, that's it. So those three dudes... The draft picks and those two players. Um, I like the, the trade. I, I would be okay with it. I'm fine with giving up first round picks if you're getting them for you're getting somebody like Connor Hallbuck. This team is built already. I think you have to use your first and your your draft capital exactly as that as capital to make your team better. Um, so I I'm okay with that one. But I think that that first round pick gets fucked up if we move far in the playoffs. But what do you guys think of that one? Take the 24 first round, next year's first round yeah. pick away. Let's say it's ours. And yeah, that's the fly ointment. That's not going to work out. But let's yeah. say it's not. Do you do that? I, I mean, I get it because it, we, like you said, the team is kind of already laid out. All right. We've got a, a more than a, just a core. We've got a, a, you know, core plus quite a bit, a few players that are going to play more than 10 years from now, you know. Yeah. And this team can stay together for that long and hopefully win some cups in there. So I'm okay with giving the picks to secure Halibut. I think we go back to what you were talking about earlier, which is we're doing all this for a rental? I don't like it. I don't like the rental. You know, we got to find some way to, to get reasonable assurance that this is going to be a longer-term thing where we get Halibut for at least three years, hopefully five years, something like that, because... Why would you do that for one year? I, I feel like that one year, I don't know if it's worth it. I really don't. You know, when you're sitting at the playoff run and you realize you have goaltending problems, it becomes, oh, no, it was worth it. But I don't I don't really see us there. I don't really see us as uh, in that position where we're going to really regret it. So, I don't know. I would do it, but only if we can uh, actually swing it without hurting the team. Tone? Yeah, and... The capital thing, I definitely agree with Chris with the capital thing. You know, you're going to have to, first of all, nothing's for free. So you're going to have to give up some stuff. I don't like any of them, really, any of the moves. This would be the one I would be in favor of the most because yeah, I feel like our four, the four guys you've never seen play. You know, it's exactly. two draft picks and two players that never played. So our prospect pool is deep, as we said, and we're built for the next, I guess, seven to eight years, you would say, right? I just know that I just, 
I can't wait till something gets done one way or the other because aren't you guys getting tired of hearing about this guy about this fucking goaltending well, move? I am getting a little. I I, I I am tired of hearing it. It is the one big open kind of you know what what's going on with New Jersey and goaltending. I again, if we roll into this season with the two dudes that we have, I'm okay with it. But I do think that an upgrade at goal is exactly what this team needs to really make it a team nobody wants to fucking play um and i just think that a guy like hollowbuck i personally i'm really hoping that uh swayman and boston can't come to any kind of agreement tomorrow at arbitration and swayman can walk away and we can maybe pick him up i thought of you right away when i saw that yesterday on the news i was like ah. yeah i'm, like, I'm sure they're gonna sign them they're gonna swim. they're gonna they're gonna figure something out i'm sure of it i can't see boston has lost so much this year are they really gonna let jeremy swain but you're the first the dude door? i heard really talking about i gotta say i mean you're the first dude i heard talking about swimming to the devils the last couple of weeks i have i will give you that i mean and now it kind of caught my attention a little bit now when i see his name i got my i'm like huh I think what, you know a 24 year old guy that 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 good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I just think he's a fantastic goalie, and I'd take him over Linus Allmark. I I think Boston feels the same way though, so I do think. But they are far away on money. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's like a three million dollar difference with what Swayman wants and what Boston's offering. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, what surprises you now in the goaltending world? Look at it like. How many, like we're talking about, you win a cup, you get rid of the guy the next year. You know, yeah. you ship him off. Yeah. We, this, you never saw this 15 years ago or 10 years ago even, I mean. It, it's it's the great, it, we talk about it with the NFL running backs. It's the same thing with these NHL goalies. It's the great devaluation. It's it's the, well, it's no longer we need one great guy to just run. It's we need two serviceable dudes and we're going to be okay. Uh, there's not many guys that kind of have that, like, number one behind them that they are, you know, it's just Sturkin and Vasilevsky, Sorokin, uh, you know, Hollabuck. Like, those are guys that, but everyone else has just two pretty much good goalies. Um, and I just think that, I just think this Devils would be fucking almost unbeatable with Connor Hollabuck in goal. Or Jeremy Swayman. And hopefully in a year or two, Akira Schmidt. You know, that's what I'm hoping. Hopefully mm-hmm. next year we're saying, God damn, I'm glad they didn't make a fucking move at the, you know, last year. Hopefully our guys are standing on their head and we're having, you know, but we're not going to find out to the playoffs as we last year we had much success until. I don't think scary. it's going to go that far. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I do think that Tom Fitzgerald has a goalie move up his sleeve before the season starts. I really do. Well, before the season. So you're not even talking trade deadline. You're no. saying. And I don't okay. think. And I don't think we are going to be players. Uh, really that much at the trade deadline either. I, I mean, I think he went hard over Timo Meyer because he wanted Timo Meyer on this team long term and he went hard at that trade deadline and lucky enough he was able to, you know, basically called his shot and got him. But I think that he wants this team going into October and game one to be set. I, I'm pretty, and I think he'll make a move for a goalie. I'm hoping if that we pick up any right before the trade deadline, it's like a uh, Bertuzzi kind of player. That'll be you know something like that. That's all, that would be uh, something to plug you in know, there. You know, Tone with the guys that we picked up already, especially on the bottom part. You know, the bottom six guys. Um, the the last few two or three dudes that we signed. I, I don't know if do we really need that right now. I think we kind of have it. I kind of still want. I know. We, I, I'm not saying we don't. I just kind of just like a Domi or Stillman kind of guy. I would have liked yeah, a Domi or uh, would have been that Bertuzzi, kind of player. Bertuzzi, yeah. Bertuzzi, yeah. I mean. 
So I, but I, I get I, it. I mean, they're they're elites at that. But Chris is right. We definitely have improved in terms of size and grit throughout the team. So you know, we're gonna. It remains to be seen if we really need to go out. after a guy like that. Maybe we will at the trade line. I mean, you could if, be right if they can put it together where they have a guy in the net like we talked about a Hollabuck or a Swayman or somebody of that nature and if they can play that physical style when they need to and then still do everything offensively that they did last year this is going to be a fucking really good team you know yes. they're going to be scary, scary good to good. watch yep they really are so I mean and there there is another thing other than I know a goaltend like uh, Lindy I said kind of you know does make me a little worried but there is one thing that actually worries me a lot more this year, and that's the whole situation that we discussed uh, a few weeks ago with the Michael McLeod. Yeah, situation. like some kind of dark cloud yeah, over the and team. So like, to speak. if things yeah. come out and it's bad, how's it going to affect this team and its psyche? That worries me a little bit, but you know, that's for a different conversation. I guess we shouldn't even dive down that road a little bit until we know what's going on. But that is something right. that in the back of my head kind of worries me a little bit. I mean, sports has taught us that there's a million ways for your team to get sidetracked. It's it's possible that could be one of the ways for the Devils. There could be other things going on that you just can't foresee, but yeah. um, it seems so unlikely, doesn't it? It seems yeah. like this team's going to keep rolling no matter what. Even with uh, the McLeod situation, they made not only one, but like two moves following moves that that's kind like, of thing. Kinda, yeah, can fix some of that area. So. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what they were going for, but it sure looks like on paper that it did it kind does. of address that situation. Yeah. He's a, a really tough guy to replace on any team, but it looks like the Devils done their best to be ready in case that comes to pass, whether they did that on purpose or not. I don't know. Do you guys know how many goals Michael McLeod scored in the last two years? I don't know. I know he won a lot more faceoffs than goals scored, but yeah, give it to me. Then take a guess. Just think for a second. Last two, see, right. don't look, Tone. I know I was you're going to say forty no. something in the last two years. You're going forty. Yeah, isn't he like a twenty goals? I'm going to go. What are you going, Tony? You know what? I'm actually going to go lower than I'm going to go twenty-seven. Twenty-seven goals. Yeah. Twelve. I know. Whoa. Because think about it. He was having. He was I thought he was a twenty-goal scorer. He's he not twenty-goal. Eight scorer. goals last year and four goals the year Damn. before. He's scored 12 you know, In goals. my mind, I guess he's so important because of all the face-offs he wins, yeah. which is important. He's but a fantastic You're right, his goal scoring man. is nowhere near where I put it. Nowhere near. 12 goals uh, in two years. His face-offs are great, and he had a very good playoff. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know? doesn't surprise I mean, me when you say that, though, because, I mean, I remember, I want to say it was two seasons ago when everyone was kind of hoping he would actually score because he was uh, one of those dudes who were – Missing the net constantly. There was a certain period there where you actually. That's true. I think he was getting empty netted. Actually, I believe if I if my memory is, which I doubt it's this good, but I think Nico hooked him up for an empty netter that year to uh, get him on the scoreboard. You possibly. really have a great memory because you're exactly right. It was and he threw okay, him the yeah. puck and it was an empty netter and to give him that goal and it was a little tap in and that you're 100 percent right. I fucking see, remember that. Like that but see, it's crap. Well, is <laughs> anything else that you boys want to dive into tonight? So you know, Magic John actually, Magic Johnson is part of the ownership. I just I had to look it up. Oh, I want commanders. Yes, he oh, is part okay. of the ownership of the Commanders with uh, Josh Harris. But I, you know, I wanted to bring up. We were talking about. I think it was last show, and this is you know we talked a lot about hockey tonight. This is I know we got to get out of here, but there was a girl that I didn't mention. 
And the reason I'm mentioning her is actually for a Are special you talking thing. about first crushes? Is that where we're going back? Applegate, guys. I feel so... I was watching this thing about her right now. <laughs> I had no idea that's where we're going. I know. I it it like, took me a second. So, wait, wait, wait. It goes we're, way beyond this, though. I wait, thought about her after I listened to that. I checked wait, out wait, time out, time out, time out. Slow down. Tony. Tell Tony, us all of... Slow let's, down. Let's, slow let's, down. let's tell everybody what you were, exactly. we were talking about last time. So, we were... For some... I don't even know how we got there, Chris. You might remember. I just asked. We were talking about... First celebrity Guys of a certain age, you know, what's your celebrity crush when you, know, what you when you were kids and I, mine I think of course was Angela Lansbury but you guys said a couple of the more B. ordinary Arthur. picks you had B. B. Arthur. Arthur yeah sure <laughs> uh, Ray Perlman um, you know Ray this Perlman. goes on yeah but you know um, Tony you, you came back with one that we didn't discuss Christina Applegate of Married with Children fame like that's the era you're probably thinking about it yes. right and you know she retired from acting now, and I was really bummed out to see this. She's uh, sick. Yeah, you know, she, she's sick, and it's just. I you know, know she was a breast cancer survivor at one point. Now she has something still else dealing with that. With her. I don't know oh, exactly no. what it is, but she has the MS now, right? I, oh, really, MS, yeah, yeah. She has oh wow. Now it's just really. I was. I thought about it, and I was like, I, and first of all, she was funny. I saw her. She was in the National Lampoon's uh, yeah, movie a couple years ago, and she did really good in that. Um, did you I, ever, I saw a picture of her. Did you ever see the movie The Big Hit? I didn't no, I did that. not. The Big Hit is a fantastic movie. Uh, it's Mark Wahlberg, Christina Applegate, uh, I think Lou Diamond Phillips is in it, a uh, hmm. bunch of other people. Uh, but it's fucking great movie. But check it out. If you like Christina Applegate, she looks great in it, Tony. Well, like for it. me, my favorite Christina Applegate work is the Anchorman movie. So oh, yes, yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. She's great right. with that. That's right. I saw a picture of her and Katie Segal, uh, you know, I think it was this year. And, uh, you know, I mean, and I didn't even know. Did you know that the Doublemint twins are Katie Segal's sisters? I did not. You know what? They were I also in Greece. no idea. Yeah, they were also in Greece. So I didn't know that either, but. Uh, I did, oh. yeah. My, my big happy news this last couple of weeks when I found out that uh, Futurama has a new season out on Hulu. Yes. So, yeah. I watched. That's uh, coming back. I watched the nice. first I always enjoy Futurama. I love Futurama. Mm-hmm. And I watched the first episode, so uh, I got to go back and check out. I, they, they're only putting them out like once a week, which annoys the shit out of me. Put it all out and let us fucking watch them, please. Uh, you know, this isn't. I, don't I, think, I thought that model was like done of once in a week, but there, there's a few shows that do that to you. The the Disney shows, yeah, right? They you all watch do it, some yeah. of the Star Wars ones. Yep. Um, I think the some of the HBO shows do that still. Which uh, we watch the uh, what we like to call the Elf Show, whatever the hell that was. What is that? The Tolkien thing. Oh, the Hobbit? Amazon. That, no, they made a series about uh, it's like the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's the one on on uh, Amazon. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, that was like once a week, you know. Uh, but yeah, so I guess they're still doing that. So it's annoying. Tone, you were big season. on Christina Applegate, huh? Yeah, you know, it wasn't even. Yeah, I definitely. And I thought about. I just I was bummed when I was reading that man, and I was like, you know what? She was. It's we're definitely getting old, boys. Right? Everybody's like Sinead O'Connor now. Uh, I thought of you, Dan Morrissey. Yeah. Came. Up first name was totally right. He said, Let me tell you, he, he wrote. Did you read what Morrissey wrote? Yeah, Dan? Excellent. I did not. I yeah. didn't hear any of this. Oh, I know about Sinead O'Connor, but I mean, Morrissey I don't know. wrote this big post basically just calling everybody who's out now tell, calling her a legend and an icon. And he's basically like, Yeah, where the fuck were you when you know she didn't have a record contract and she was going through her low points? No, you you made fun of her, you called her fat, you shamed her, you did this and you did that. Like, 
you know, she doesn't fucking need your bullshit now. Like, where were you when she fucking needed you? It was basically the right. gist of it. I get it. And he wrote get it. it much better than I'm saying it. But it was it was really, it was pretty good. It's pretty it damn good. accurate, though, I think. Oh, I thought I mean, so, too. Dead on. Yeah. I, you know, I did read one thing about Sinead O'Connor that I had no idea. She had, she had like, some kind of dust-up with Prince. Really? You about this? Yeah, it was wild. I mean, apparently... He was not happy with her doing that, you know, that song because they had that. I guess it was what it's a Prince song, right? You, yeah. yeah, nothing yeah. to you, yeah. So you know, I don't know. Was that whatever it was? I was like, I had no idea they even crossed paths. But well, hopefully they can uh, work yeah. it all out in music heaven, and they can, you know, bury the hatchet. That's what I'm wondering. Did you guys hear yeah. uh, Chris Cornell's version of that? Nothing compares to you. No. Nope, I've Man, never heard that. Look it up, definitely worth the maybe time. Don't well, look at that, a three-way yeah, fight up maybe there. Maybe don't sing that you know? song. Yeah. yeah, that's a... Yeah. I tell you, when we used to, you know, when I was like 12 years old and we would always be out skating and shit, like we had, you know, our, our you know, my buddy John had his boom box, you know, with the tapes, and there was like maybe three or four tapes that were constantly in rotation, and The Lion and the Cobra, Sinead O'Connor, was always <laughs> one of the... What'd you say? Wham. Well, yeah, dude, I love Wham. Um, but no, the lion and the cobra was in there, and I mean, I just listening to that album even now just brings me back to that time and those days, and I, I love that album. She was a fantastic singer, and uh, you know now it's like you know she's up there on Saturday Night Live. She ripped the picture of the Pope, and she got so yeah. much blowback. And how's that looking now? You know, her whole thing was, hey, the church is okay with all these pedophiles yep. and all the other shit. Yeah, no, we weren't ready to hear that. How she dare was, you? Those are awful lies. Yeah. Oh wait, no, they're not. Yeah, and no, she was dead. No, on. they're not. So, yes, yeah. and then she yes, lost she, her she, son she, a year, a year and a half ago. That's, that's terrible. Like, you know, she went through a I rough no fucking idea. go of it, man. Yeah. She was definitely good. You know, her people like that and Tracy Chapman and them. They're just some. I just feel like maybe I'm getting old. I can't find all these artists like that anymore. Like, you know, uh, uh, but Sinead O'Connor. Are you telling me you're not digging Olivia Rodrigo? No, right now that's my daughter's listening to Taylor Swift. So that's Taylor the, Swift. Yeah, there you go. So, These are your modern day legends that you just can't relate to because you're older, just like me. I, I can't relate to them either. I was watching. I try. Though Cindy Lauper, she's into, which is cool because I'm, you know, Cindy Lauper. Cindy right. Lauper might be Cindy one of the fucking coolest people ever. Have yeah. you guys ever heard Cindy Lauper do a Christmas song along with the Hives? No, no. It's called the Christmas Duel, and it is the best song. It's my new favorite Christmas song. Uh, as of like a year or two ago, I heard it. Knocked off it's, Little Drummer Boy, huh? It sure did. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, like it's Boxing it's great. It's so it. funny. Um, I don't even know if we could play it on this show, language wise, but it's pretty good. I'm going to definitely Lopper's check it out. Great. The Hives and Please Cindy Lauper. I will. I definitely. Yeah, it's a a Christmas duel. Okay. D U E L. And on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up for the evening. So, guys. Uh, the listeners, thank you guys so much for checking us out. Um, you want to drop us a line? Like we said before, we really want to start getting when the season starts one day a week for our shows where we do some fan feedback and we, you know, read your emails, answer some questions, you know, tell us what you think about the team, about hockey in general, the NHL, us. You want to write an email and say you guys fucking suck. We're cool with that. We're big boys. Um, check us out anywhere you can get a uh, podcast. Uh, also, we have the YouTube channel up. So please go subscribe. Give us a five-star review. Give us a nice rating. It goes a very long way to help us promote this podcast where we're just looking to build a nice community of devil fans where no matter what you fucking believe, no matter what political side you're on, no matter any of that, 
We always have the New Jersey Devils in common and hockey in general. You come here, we bullshit, we talk, we have some fun. So thank you guys so much for checking us out. Bobby will be back next week from his trip uh, from Colorado, who is my pick just saying to win the Western Conference next year. But we'll talk about that, that later. What's that? Bobby's at that cuckold convention, isn't he? Is it a cuckold convention? Yeah, he's definitely there then. Um, for, for Tony and Dan, I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers. Thank you guys so much for checking us out, and we'll see you when we see you. Puck is out. Will Bobby listen to the end? He won't listen if he's not on it's it. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> so 